The manhunt for Gabby Petito's fiance might have taken another turn. A hiker on the Appalachian Trail claims he saw laundry. I'm telling you, it was him. Investigators fanned out across the Carlton Reserve today. He's going to get caught if he's in that area and if he's still alive. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news stories? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome to The Debrief. I'm Paisy Cheng. Today, we're following up on our coverage of the Gabby Petito case. If you've been following up, you know that we are four weeks into the hunt for her former fiance, Brian Laundrie. Brian's stretching. He's the only person of interest in her disappearance, and police have been looking for him since September 17th. Authorities have focused most of their attention on the vast nature preserve near his house after his family said he went there to hike and never returned. And as the case garnered more and more attention, reports of sightings skyrocketed. I, I ran into Brian Lauer. With one town along the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina getting multiple calls about possible sightings. And I'm 99.99% sure that was him. Even with the immense attention this case is getting, there still hasn't been a sign of Brian Laundrie, which begs the question, how could he possibly survive on his own in the swamps of Florida or anywhere else for that matter for nearly a month? We wanted to get an idea of what it takes to avoid detection for that long. So we brought in survivalist and instructor Dave Canterbury for his thoughts. So what do you think? I mean, what does it take to survive in these terrains? I mean, first of all, they've been looking at the Carlton Reserve, right? Um, many, many times. They just went back there today with Brian Laundrie's father. What is the likelihood that he has survived in that swamp for this long? I think a lot of that depends on quite a few variables. Number one, you know, it was rumored that he had a backpack with him. If he had that backpack and he had some sort of supplies with him that he understood how to use and had the knowledge and skill level to be able to take care of himself with the supplies. Simple things like a water filter that will yield drinkable water for a fairly long period of time. Something that he could get away from the elements and off the ground like a hammock and a tarp. All those things would fit into a small backpack. Some type of a water bottle to carry water over distance. Something to start fire if the opportunity arose. You know, fire could be a problem for him simply because it's so visible. And movement yeah. is probably his biggest enemy at this point, is visibility. So he's got to be careful with that. But he could also stash a small amount of food in a backpack like that. So he could feasibly, if he could fish, or if he was adapted all around water and be able to hunt things like frogs, fish, snakes, turtles to consume, again, he'd probably have to cook those things. So fire is going to be the issue. However, you could survive for a fairly long time in an environment like that if you were prepared, for sure. That's amazing. I mean, survival is one thing, but doing it undetected would be another. That's that's definitely his, probably his worst enemy right now is number one, his own psychological fears of being caught and being pursued. And then you have to think that any normal human being, whether he actually killed someone or not, if he did, that's playing on his mind as well. There's going to be a certain amount of guilt involved in that, no matter how callous of a person you are. And so combined with the fact that he's being pursued, combined with the fact that he's probably tired, probably cold most nights, he's not in his best mind state. So I think he's more apt to make mistakes because of that. And his movement has to be limited to low light hours where he doesn't have that fear of detection. 
I think probably if he's in that swamp somewhere, he's probably smart to stay near water so he's near resources, but also to stay in areas that aren't so clustered with vegetation that if he has to move at night, he can do that safely without tripping over other animals or tripping over different types of vegetation debris as he's trying to move during evening hours. So I think if he's in that area, he's probably going to be in a area that's not so vegetated, but it's going to be near water. That would be my guess. If it were me, that's what I would be doing. So, you know, the, the problem is they were saying that 75% of that reserve is covered in water and that there are poisonous snakes and alligators there. Really, what are the odds of being able to survive undetected there? First of all, I think you have to remember that the threat of an alligator is not what most people believe it to be. Unless you're in nesting season or you stumble across a uh, one that's with babies or something like that, your chances of actually just outright being attacked by an alligator, if you're not in the water anyway, are pretty remote. I don't think there's ever been an actual documented case where an alligator has attacked a human outright. Gators, I think, are a, a, a smaller worry to him. The snakes would be a bigger problem. And the bugs themselves, that area is infested with mosquitoes. So if he doesn't have a way to keep those bugs off of him, that's going to be very traumatic as well over time. There have been sight. There was one sighting, one particular sighting of him along the Appalachian Trail. Do you think it's more likely he'd be able to hide for a much longer time there than in the in Carlton Reserve? I do. I think it would be much more likely for him to not only survive but be more comfortable and move more undetected. Do you think about the state that the nation's in now with the threat of COVID and things like that? If Brian Landry doesn't have many striking features. He's not somebody you'd recognize on the street necessarily, especially if he were wearing a mask and a ball cap. So if he's walking around the Appalachian Trail area somewhere in and out, he could very feasibly walk into a town and resupply with a mask on and a ball cap or a hoodie and not be recognized by a local person that didn't recognize his voice. So if they didn't know who he was, things like that, I would think it would be difficult to be recognized by someone. And then again, you know, there's a lot of hikers on that trail. So you also have the, the, the worry all the time of, is somebody going to recognize me? So he's not going to walk around with a mask on 24 hours a day. So sooner or later, if he's on the Appalachian Trail, and maybe he's already been spotted, maybe he hasn't. You know, people see Elvis every day. That doesn't mean he's there. But I think that, you know, sooner or later, he's going to make the mistake of being spotted by a credible witness, and he's going to get caught if he's in that area and if he's still alive. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're you're a survivalist, so you know what it's like to be out there. If you're really, you know, trying to find your next meal probably takes up most of your day. I mean, it can't it's not an easy thing, right? I think that depends on the environment. You know, if he's in Florida, he has a much better opportunity to find food along a wilderness area like the reserve because there's so much water. There's going to be lots of fish, lots of reptiles, lots of amphibians lots of things like that to eat that he can find and gather fairly readily if he's careful about it and he knows anything. The problem with all of that comes down to how do I prepare that food for safe consumption? Is he eating snakes raw? I highly doubt that. So he's got to be able to cook that food somehow to make it palatable. And to cook that food, he has to start fire. And I think that's his biggest issue is the fact that he can't start fire without being seen. Right. Well, he, he wouldn't have that problem on the Appalachian Trail, right? Because no, he they would not. Although, right. 
it's not common for people to start fires on the Appalachian Trail, really, except in small group camps and shelters that are already pre-built along the Appalachian Trail. Most Appalachian Trail hikers carry some type of a fuel-burning stove that they use to cook, like just add water meals on a daily basis, or food that they can readily eat on the fly that's cold and doesn't have to be warmed up. Starting a, an outright fire in the woods on the Appalachian Trail is not a common thing, again, unless you're in a populated group camp area, in which case he takes a big chance on being recognized. So your money is on the fact that he might be in the Appalachian Trail. He's more likely there than in the Carlton Reserve. My money says he's probably more comfortable there. And if he thought, I need to go somewhere where I'm going to feel safe, it's more likely that he would have went there than going into the Carlton Reserve. That doesn't make it fact. It just makes it my personal opinion. The clock is ticking for him. I mean, if he had gotten, you know, supplies however many weeks ago, they're probably running low if he hasn't run out. I mean, he's going to have to surface at some point. I think that if he is, in fact, alive, and if he is, in fact, along the Appalachian Trail somewhere, I go back to the fact that if he has any kind of money whatsoever that he got from who knows where, he could, in fact, walk into a, a trail store somewhere in a small town along the Appalachian Trail in a mask and a ball cap like he was afraid of COVID and probably not be recognized if he was in and out fairly quickly. Amazing. So it's possible he could even resupply. So how, you know, how long do you think, how many weeks supplies do you need to hide out? How much would you need? Could you fit everything you need in a backpack? And for how long? Not for a long period of time, no. Not unless, again, you, it depends on whether you're talking about Florida or whether you're talking about the Appalachian Trail. If you're talking okay. about Florida, he has no way to resupply, most likely. So if he's in Florida, the clock's ticking for sure, and his time's going to run out fairly soon, I would say, if for no other reason but because the weather's going to change and it's going to start getting colder at night and he's going to run the risk of having hypothermia because he can't keep himself warm without a fire unless he has, you know, wool blankets or sleeping bags and all those types of things that he probably didn't think to take because he didn't know he'd be on the run this long, most likely. He didn't think that through, I would think. Now, if he's on the Appalachian Trail, again, that's a different story. You can resupply over and over and over again as long as you don't get recognized. So that's the key to that. If he's got money, he can just keep bouncing in and out to these trail towns and things like that in small areas and buying more food, buying more supplies, buying whatever he needed. And as long as he didn't get recognized, he could stay there until he runs out of money. So that's actually because um, you don't really need to be such a skilled survivalist to, to live under those circumstances. Not along the Appalachian Trail, I would say no. I mean, the people that walk the Appalachian Trail I would give them all the credit in the world for doing that because it's not an easy feat. However, it is camping and it is temporary camping because you're going from one town to the next to the next. A lot of those guys have things mailed to them to post office boxes where they can go pick that supply up to resupply on things. You can buy new water filters in town. You get to replenish the water filter you have that's went bad. You can buy food. You can buy fuel if you had a stove. You could buy an additional hammock or an additional underquilt to keep you warm or additional tarp. All those things are available to you in those trail towns because the Appalachian Trail is known for having through hikers. So all these outfitting stores along the trail are selling anything that those hikers might need. So if he has money, he could buy anything that he needed as long as he didn't get recognized in the process. Right. So if he has money still, presumably, right, to buy these supplies, how much longer do you think he could really be on the run? 
again, I, I think it depends on how long his money holds out, number one. And I think it depends on how long his luck holds out. Because right now, that's the thing that's probably against him the most is the amount of time he's been on the run and hasn't been recognized by someone necessarily that we know of, at least not credible enough for him to get caught. So I, I think that the the time frame could be another week, could be another month, could be another two months. But what you have to remember is that even if he's in North Carolina, by the time December rolls around, you're talking about some very cold nights, not necessarily days, but nights. And that calls for, I have to have fire. I have to have shelter. I have to have proper clothing. And those are things that he might not be able to afford to do in the long term. So that may cause him issues. He may have to come out and just, I don't know, surrender, give himself up, whatever he decides to do. But I think he's probably still got at least another month before that's going to become a problem. Oh, wow. Another month. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for sharing your insights with us, Dave. We'll, we're sure, we'll be sure to consider all this information while we're still looking for him. Oh, no problem. I hope he gets found pretty soon, to tell you the truth. Thanks for listening to The Debrief. I'm Paisy Chang. We'll be back next week.